Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Buckeye Raw Extra Podcast is proudly presented by CF Bank, the boutique bank. Trusted for over 125 years with commercial financing, residential lending, personal banking, and more. Visit us online at www.cf.bank. NMLS 409132, all loan subjects credit approval. Terms, fees, and conditions may apply. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. The first playoff ranking comes out yeah, I don't really say much about it. Um, I mean, I know it's great for college football and everybody to talk about, but nobody talks about who was ranked in week eight, nine, or ten. They always talk about where it was at the end of the season, and that's that's all that matters to us is playing in this game because if we want to be ranked high, we have to keep winning. You faced a desperate team in Penn State last week. What, what about this week? Another desperate team? Well, I've uh, you know watched the film, and, and you know, this is a very good team. Um, you know the way that they've played. First off, statistically ranking on, in both sides of the ball, um, they're very good. I think they're 27th in the country in um, scoring. Are they? Um, you know they played Teal North tough. They played Oklahoma tough. They played Michigan State tough. Um, and and so I, I've just been very impressed with them and I think they're doing a great job so just like any other game in, in the Big Ten especially when you go on the road um, this is going to be a battle and um, you know it, it is truly like March Madness right now if you win you move on and we have to look at every game that way I mean this is it's quite a run we're on we knew that two weeks ago when we started it but uh, but this is a very very good Nebraska team that we have to be ready for and I don't care what the record says. I mean, I watch the film, and they're good, and they have good coaches. So uh, we got to have a great week of practice. Fourth row left, Colin Gabe, right. Hey, Ryan. Um, I was curious. I wanted to ask about the uh, the linebacker room. I mean, it's even smaller than normal heading into Nebraska based on the, uh, the call against Steele. And I'm wondering how he's taking this week, especially with, with uh, missing that first half, and what do you expect in his absence during the first half? Yeah, uh, you know, I think first off, it was it's a unique situation in that it was the first play of the second half so it's really brought light in my eyes to the fact that there's um, some inequity on this rule where if, if it's the first play of the second half or the last play of the second half um, that's significantly different and so in my my mind the rule should be changed into a 30-minute penalty as opposed to the number of halves because um, when you do it shouldn't um, be the determining factor on how 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 the penalty is assessed, if that makes sense. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, you know, as you know, we're playing um, you know with a different style of, of defense now, and we play with three safeties now. So um, you know, the, the the numbers have changed with that. But um, but now you know, EA is going to have to come in there and step up. Tommy's going to have to get in there, and um, you know, Coach Washington will move those guys around, and then then they get still back in the second half. Whether it's the middle of the field, I mean, linebacker safeties, I mean, what have you seen from those those guys in terms of pass coverage? I mean, and what do you want to see in terms of improvement? It seems like a lot of opponents are attacking you guys 
from the slot, tight ends, like just in the middle of the field? What have you seen from them and what do you guys want to improve? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, anytime um, you know you mix up the coverages, you're going to see different teams attack you different ways and, and consistency <laughs> with, with our drops and, like you said, with our eyes are all things that, that we're working on and making sure that, um, you know, we all work together on this thing because when you do play zone, I mean, you know, everybody has to be, you know, in their area of the field and doing a great job in that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's different styles of, of attack based on what we're given the defense or what we're given the, um, uh, you know, the offense in terms of looks. And um, I think that they've had some really good snaps and things they need to improve on. But uh, it's the same message that we've had. I mean, the issues are still there. and We've got to keep addressing them, even though you know, we played better on uh, Saturday night. Uh, right in the middle, uh, Dave Biddle, 24-7 sports. Ron, I'm going to ask you about CJ uh, running the ball. He's not running very often. Is that because you're telling him not to run, to try and protect him, and because you guys have so many weapons on offense, or, or do you feel like you should be running a little bit more? No, I mean, I think we, we have some runs where, you know, he's reading somebody, and then based on what that defender does, he'll make the decision whether to, to run it or not. And uh, We have that as part of the offense. And then there's also ones where we're scrambling and making plays downfield, and um, you know, going back on the film, I thought he made pretty good decisions. You know, with his eyes downfield, he um, you know he got the third down conversion to Mayan. Um, you know, Mayan put it on the ground, but it ended up getting reversed. Thought he did a good job on the one to Garrett. Um, so he's doing a good job of, of extending plays, and then he's also done a good job this year of, of you know making plays with his feet. And he'll continue to have to do that, and that's going to be have to be part of his game. And um, you know, looking back on it, I. I don't think there's many that you know I would have him do anything other than what he did, uh, but but certainly that that is a part of his game. I'm not suggest, suggesting he should like run the ball ten times a game. I know it's not Justin Fields, but typically like in an ideal world, like how much do you want that to be a part of your offense? Both him scrambling at times and a couple of you know call quarterback runs. Yeah, I think it just depends on what the defenders do, and and if if we're reading somebody and, and they're they're playing the quarterback, then it's a handoff. If um, if they play the running back, then, then it's a pull, and so you just don't know. But but we have part of part of that in our offense, and, and when we read, and there's certain plays we just hand the ball off, and then we have the nakeds off of those. Uh, uh, front row right, uh, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, back to the cameras targeting County. Maybe some inequity with the SMS now the first half of the Did you feel it was the right call at the time? Like you looked pretty angry on the sideline during that play. Yeah, I. Um, you know, I, I just feel like in real time, it's it's a very difficult call. Um, you know, I think if, if you're stealing that spot, you know, someone's running full speed at you and then goes down on their knees, boy, it's, it's just in, in real time, that's very, very difficult. And, um, uh, you know, I, th I think that the rule is in place for the right reasons to protect our players. And so for that, I absolutely support it. But um, But I also think that there's a difference between what's going on in real time and what's showing on a replay. And that's the, the challenge that uh, our referees uh, are faced with. And, and it's not easy. Don't, don't get me wrong. And certainly we're always going to advocate for our guys. And, and that's what I was doing. And Master, you mentioned he was biggest close to returning last week. He was uh, on the unavailable list. Just what's your plan of practice? What are supposed to play? Yeah, kind of day-to-day -day right now and, and hoping to get some work out of him today. Third row left, Dan Hope, left forward. Ryan, you talk a lot about you know, coaching versus team versus execution. When you look at the struggles in the red zone against Penn State, do you look at that as uh, we need to do a better job coaching, we need to call better plays, or do we just need to execute better? Uh, both, both. I mean, I think uh, we look back and we could have executed much better, um, certainly in some of the shorter yard situations. Um, you know, we, we got ourselves with a penalty a couple times, a false start, and, 
anytime you do that down the red zone, five yards is like, you know, feel, it seems like a mile away. So certainly that was part of it. Um, I also think there was some schematic things we probably, looking back on it, could have done a better job with. When you just look at, you know, that game, the Oregon game, seems like the you know, two best defenses you've played, you guys haven't had a lot of success in the red zone. But what do you think are things that need to change for, you know, that to not be the case going forward? I think, uh, first off, you have to run the ball well when you're in the red zone. That's just part of it. And I think we've thrown the ball well, and I think statistically speaking, we've done a pretty good job down there and always have. But hey, like you said, there was times in those both of those games where we just haven't finished drives. And, um, you know, you can point the finger at a lot of things. But, you know, you have got to execute at a high level in the pass game, and then you have to be able to be really physical in the run game and make three-yard runs, five-yard runs. And the minute you get off schedule or take a negative play, you put yourself at risk because you just run out of room. And uh, against good defenses, you have to be on point there. And certainly a plan to win. We spent a lot of time down there, um, but but that's, that is a challenge. Deep left, Brendan Bullock, Buckeyes Mountain Sports Illustrated. Hi, Coach. Hey, um, I know you can't control the playoff rankings and all that stuff so early on, but I want to ask you about championship DNA. What is it about this team that you've seen so far through this season that makes you think, hey, we're on the right track or we are capable of being one of those four teams? Well, I think um, we've, we've experienced um, a lot so far, and I think that's good for, for a young team to have experienced um, big wins, big losses. Um, we've, we've experienced close games. We've, we've played on the road, we've, we've played at home, you know, we've played night games, we've played afternoon games, we've been up, we've been down, and uh, the offense has played well, the defense has played well, the offense has played okay, the defense has played okay. It's kind of been one of those one of those seasons where we're already experienced a lot of things, so I, I like that part of it. Um, you know, we are still young, but where we've gained uh, a lot of experience throughout the year. Um, but just the day-to-day, I've been impressed with how these guys have approached practice, how serious they approach uh, their preparation. Um, I, I think this team likes football. They like preparing at a high level. Um, and so now we, we've got to really prove how consistent we are here in November because this is where championships are won. Can you elaborate on, on the challenges that your offensive line faced this past week? It felt like they had some tough moments that we haven't seen from them in previous weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we ended up, when you look at the stat sheet, you know, pretty good in that area. But just the efficiency, I think we were less than 50% efficient running the ball in terms of the number of runs. And, uh, I mean, listen, Penn State has done a good job for years with, with that. And um, this year is, is no exception. They, um, you know, they have a good front. They have good movement. And, you know, we, I think we were 34 and 34 in terms of uh, plays, pass and run. And we're always looking for that balance. And, and that's important to be able to control the game. And we have to be able to stay on schedule and stay efficient in the run game. And um, you know, again, whether it's you know communicating up front, whether it's handling looks that we haven't seen and making those adjustments, uh, that's all important. And I, and I think we did that, especially in the second half. You can see that we made some really good adjustments in that area and hit some big runs, which was very, very important in controlling that game in the second half. Um, but but that's what you have to do in these games. You know, you just can't throw it. 70% of the time, or else you're not going to control the game, and I think that's important. But sometimes you have to stick with it and keep working through the, the, the tough things. And uh, when you're going against a team like Penn State, that's not always easy. Real quick, your defense, was that the best that they've looked this year? Um, I think they have. They had good plays, for sure. Um, there's still a lot to improve on, and uh, we're going out against a very good defense this week. This is, um, I think it's the second-ranked offense in terms of total, total yards in the conference. 
<clears throat> they do a great job. And uh, Martinez has played a lot of football, um, and, and they have a very good scheme. So we'll see. Um, I think there was a lot of positives for sure. Certainly, anytime you create the turnovers we did and get defensive scores, you put our you know our team in a, a much better position to win. Um, so I, I think that it's continuing to build, but we've got to continue to you know stay disciplined and stay on it and. You know, we talk a lot about white belt mentality of just starting right at the beginning and starting with fundamentals every week when you start. We got to do that on defense again this week because we got a good team. Right, we're right. Austin Ford, better than Rome. And that uh, champion list for the offense was pretty short. Would you ever fudge the numbers to send a message to the team? No, I think that's uh, something that we talked about early in the season is that we have a standard here. And. In order for you to, to be a champion, you have to play over 15 plays and grade over 80%. And um, we had one guy on offense. That was it. And, uh, you know, we can try to make people feel better, but that's not the way this game works. Um, and and so, you know, guys got to be held accountable. The, co- the position coach has got to be held accountable for their units. Each guy's got to be held accountable to do their job and over 80% in terms of execution, and that didn't happen. Um, I think if it does, it's a whole different game. But... Um, but, but I think that the message is also that, you know, to win ugly like that is, says a lot about our character and who we are as a team. You know, we didn't just splinter, fall apart, start pointing fingers. We played against a good defense. Uh, we didn't execute as well as we'd like to have, but we still won the game against a very good opponent. And it uh, says a lot about this team. I know that the win is obviously the most important thing, but how, how powerful of a motivator do you think grading a champion is for an individual? I don't know, but I think they take a lot of pride in it. I mean, our, our meetings are pretty juiced up in here. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, the guys who win, I mean, everybody in the room understands that if you create a champion, there's a lot that goes into that. It isn't just playing well on that day. It's the whole year. It's the sacrifices. It's the lifting. It's the running. It's the preparation in order to be at competitive excellence on that Saturday. And, uh, and we whoop it up in here, have a lot of fun, bring them down, laugh, and then show clips of those guys playing well. And uh, I think they take a lot of pride in it, too. Number Bill Rubinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Yeah, I, I know your mentality is to always treat every game like a playoff game, especially now. Yeah. Uh, it was easy to get up to Penn State, obviously. You're facing a team that, that is three and six. Uh, I know they're going, they haven't lost the game by more than eight points. Right. Um, how do you kind of make sure that your guys are as up for this game as they were for Penn State or will later on? Well, you, you just talk to them about it, and you show them the film, and, and these guys are, are sharp. Like you said, they haven't lost the game by I think it's more than eight points, so these guys are very good. And um, You can look at the, the record if you want, or you can watch the film and, and realize what you got here. Um, but they need to understand that it is March Madness, and so you watch across the country week in and week out. You know, A lot of things have happened this year, and so we can't let that happen to us. We can't have any regrets, and the only way to do that is to focus on right now and not be distracted. If you start looking ahead, if you start worrying about tomorrow, that's where you get distracted, and we've got to stay disciplined in that area. Last year after the game, if you thought this that close call would be good for your team, now you've had a few days, you've yeah. watched the film, what's your sense of it? Will this help you? I hope so. We'll see how this week will you know goes and how this practice week goes, and you know if we can get guys to really you know dig in and understand that. You know, we have a chance to be really good. You know, we, we beat a, a good Penn State team and didn't play our best football. And so I hope that catapults us into this week and into this game and really helps us take off into this, the, the month of November. Front row middle, Nathan Barrett, Cleveland.com. <coughs> uh, last year, there was an NCAA rule um, giving teams or giving athletes, I guess, the election days off. Did you guys change your practice week at all this week? Or did you seek the waiver to keep things, I guess, on the usual schedule? Yeah, we, we, uh, we applied for the waiver and got granted. Yep. Why? 
Well, it just felt like this year was much different than last year. Um, on the Neotote, I guess, what do you kind of see as his role right now? Do you like him in kind of a, a niche situation, or do you see him being able to still build towards something bigger this well, year? Well, I think he's going to have to step up this week. You know, still being out, and um, you know, he's coming off that, that nagging injury, and, and so now he's healthy again. And um, I think when you combine the injury with the fact that um, you know, he kind of went through preseason not being sure if you know if he was going to play. Uh, now he's starting to you know, come around, so he's, now it's about the time he's got to step up. Front row left, Bill Landis, the athletic. Ryan, um, I, I think when you guys opted to play Thayer and, and Paris at guard, some of us wondered about just you know consistent levers at pad level with bigger guys playing that position. Then you have a you know you have right tackle who's six foot forever. Um, has that been any kind of issue with those guys? Did that pop up, pop up at all against Penn State on Saturday night? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, those guys are doing a great job in there and, and have. Um, you know, I just think it was more of you know making adjustments on some of the looks that we got, and, um, and, and it wasn't. You know, some of the some of the players were blocked pretty good, and just the timing of everything, and, and that didn't quite you know pop things out to the next level. Or, um, but so there was other things that we didn't block very well either. So it's a little bit of everything in there. But no, uh, those guys. You know, I think you know can can go to tackle. They can go to guard. They can move around. They're very pretty versatile in there, and they and they have good flexibility, so they can get underneath guys inside. Down on the red zone, uh, I know you said you were overall fairly pleased with the what you had called maybe the execution was a problem. We've seen you in the past like use a lot of another jet motion, orbit motion, just kind of create some movement down there. And you guys didn't really seem to do much of that. Like, what what's the balance between trying to dress some stuff up that way and then just sort of running what you run? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean. When you, when you do stuff like that, you know, you're uh, not sure of the look. When you stay stationary, you can kind of identify what the look is and then try to get into the best play possible. And, um, and so that's what we are doing in that game. Real solid effort. Question number 600, we just surpassed over here. Play Hall the SYX. Of the year? Today? Yes, we've been right in here. Yeah, see that. See you, Jerry. Uh, you have two guys in the Heisman race. Does that ever come up in conversation, you with them or they with you? Uh, no. No, we don't talk about that. Uh, and are you surprised at the struggles by Nebraska now in year four under Scott Frost? Well, again, I, I think they're they're very close. I, I think that when you look at the way they played this year, they played, played strong, and um, and they have a good team. And, you know, uh, I don't I – don't, you know, follow them that closely, but I just watch the film, and I can tell you they they have good coaches, and, and they're playing well, and uh, they've come up short on some of these games, but but I know they're very dangerous. Uh, third row right, Jeremy Birmingham, Letterman row. Ryan, to, to Bill's point, reputationally, you're kind of regarded as one of the premier play callers in the country, and it looked like Saturday was almost intentionally milk toast in the red zone. Is there any point of that where you guys? As a staff, or challenging your offensive line to win some battles one on one. I mean, does that ever come into the conversation? Well, I think you know you have to be able to win down in the red zone, running the football. You just do. You know, if you want to go win championships, you have to be able to do that. And um, and you know, we didn't do that well enough down there. And you know, three and, and four yard gains have to turn into five and six. You know, and um, you know, we we've done a really good job of, of throwing down there. We have to do a better job of running the ball. And that's just the bottom line. And um, but there was also some things that got us out of whack in terms of penalties. You know, we we get the ball fourth and one, and you know uh, down there, and we're going to go for it. And 
Um, you know, we false start. We false started to make it like second and 13 or whatever that was. And anytime you do do that down there, when you're fighting for every inch, it's going to get you out of whack. We hadn't done that in the past. And that, you know, we score on those two possessions, maybe you feel a little better as well. On the other side of that, the recruiting weekend that you guys had, obviously you have a night game, you have 50-some visitors in. You did things a little different, had a lot of meetings during the day. And how exhausting was this weekend for you guys as a staff? And do you feel like that's a standard or a practice that you guys are going to try to do in the future? Yeah, it was it was a long week and a long weekend for sure. There was a lot going on. Uh, it was great. I thought that um, you know just the night in general was off the charts. I thought... Gene and the whole administration, everybody at Ohio State, the fans. I mean, it was it was a memorable night, just the way that everything was run, really first class. Um, and it was great for our, our recruits and their families to be around it and see it. And I, and I thought everything about that went well. But, yeah, there's a lot going on, a lot to juggle on a weekend like that um, with so many visitors and families. And, um, you know, they're a prior, priority for us when they get on campus. But we also have to go in against Penn State and win a game. And so but that's that's kind of college football. You have to be able to juggle a lot of balls and be able to handle it. Uh, front row uh, left, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. Just kind of following up, when you guys are putting weekends like that together, when you know there's going to be 50 plus people here, are there projections or expectations that some success is going to come out of that in the near future after that, or do you guys just kind of stay patient after that? It's just a piece of the puzzle. You know, it's it's part of the relationship building. And um, anytime you come on campus, you get a chance to see something different, whether it's meeting with somebody from the business school or going to a basketball game or um, you know spending time with the position coach or going to see campus or whatever that is uh, you know coming to a game is a special experience and that's you know another box that these guys are able to check off with their families and uh, I, I have to give you know Mark Pantoni and, and his staff a lot of credit I mean they're the ones that are behind all of it in terms of the organization and uh, managing all of those people and there's a lot to that and I thought they were excellent um, this was the first time in a couple of weeks he did actually you know, been kind of challenged out there, been a little easy for me the entire time. Maybe how do you think he handled Saturday in comparison to maybe how he handled the Oregon game? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I thought he uh, he played well and, and, and made some good throws. I think he's he wished he had some plays back. But, again, anytime you're competing against somebody like Penn State and a really good defense, you know, one of the top top in the country, you know, you're going to have good plays and bad plays. And, um, we talk about it all the time. Like, reality isn't just going in and, scoring on 19 straight possessions. It's not reality. I mean, reality is it's hard. It's tough. Every decision matters. You know, if we're going to have penalties or we're going to have mistakes, then we're going to get ourselves off schedule. And that's just the reality of it. So, um, again, I think a uh, lot to learn from from this game. But but overall, you know, I, I, thought, I thought he played winning football. He didn't grant out a champion. But uh, there was still a lot of positives there. Uh, front row right, uh, Tim May, Letterman Row. You know, Ryan, as you, as you watched the video of that game, did, did you ever feel like you were part of some grand experiment by the officials to not call holding on the opposing team's offensive line and see how things go? And, you know, particularly there were some egregious moments out there. Did, did you make any note of that to the Big Ten? And just what was your take on it? Uh, we always, uh, you know, we'll look at the, the film afterwards and if there's things that are concerning, we send it to the office. Um, for review and then some uh, feedback, and uh, we did that. Um, you know, listen, the, the refs have a tough job. I mean, they hear it from all angles, and, and I get it, but certainly uh, we have to advocate for our guys, and when we see something that uh, doesn't quite look right, we, we have to make sure we recognize that and, uh, and do that in certain ways, but also being respectful and being professional. But, um, I mean, certainly there were some things we did turn in, yes. Yeah. And uh, 
That's yeah, it. Yeah. the basketball. Pretty good. I think you did fine. Okay, good. How much uh, does CJ have any autonomy on the field when he sees them stack the box, load the box, to get out of a play, or does that always come from the sideline? Like when you frantically, y'all frantically sure. signaled in the pass to Chris Olave, which was a huge call, but. Uh, what is his autonomy at this point in his uh, career? Yeah, um, you know, he he does have some things. We'll come up and he'll change it. Certainly in protection, and, but even in the run game, you know, he has some things that will give him a couple plays. Um, and he, we're adding more and more of that to, to his plate as he goes. But uh, but for the most part, you know, we handle most of the decisions on the sideline. Uh, third row middle, Doug Langries, Cleveland.com. Ryan, specifically in the red zone, I think the second and third down runs before the false start on fourth and one. Uh, the backside linebacker kind of knifed in and made two tackles. Is that schemed that way and you're leaving that guy and hoping you get around the other side, or is there a, a, a blocking assignment that should have been made there? Yeah, it wasn't executed well. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we certainly account for him in the blocking scheme, and it, it just didn't get done. And, um, you know, one of them, I just don't, I think we could execute it better. The other one, we probably could have done a better job giving him that look at, during the week. Okay. And they did, Penn State seemed to, I guess they just shift their defensive line a lot right before the snap. Did you, the hard thing is, it felt like you guys blocked up everybody for the first however many games. You sort of see any mistakes on the offensive line was surprising. Sure. Did that throw you guys off with any of your assignments, those late shifts, and what can you learn from that going forward? Yeah, no, it, it did. Um, and, and I thought they did a good job with the way that they kind of changed up the looks. and. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot to learn from it, and you know the different looks that we can give them. Sometimes you're going to see things that you haven't practiced, and, um, and and I think we can probably help them a little bit too in terms of you know how we're identifying things when we start to get into a game like that a little bit faster. I thought we did a good job of that in the second half. Probably could have got to that a little bit sooner. Yep. Far left, Mark Snyder, press pros. Uh, the, the false starts and the snap count penalties. Mm. Was there a common thread with those other than them being flagged, or was it uh, like a try to get the jump on them because the running game was not going? Because that that was so uncharacteristic. A thousand percent. Yeah, no, I, I can't sit here and tell you there was one thing there that that it got us out of whack. I think some of the maybe the pre pre snap movement a little bit. Uh, you know, for Luke especially at center got got us a little bit um, you know out of whack there, but. Uh, there was nothing else in, in particular that, um, that that we can point to on that area other than just lack of focus and discipline, and we've got to do a better job of that this week. Uh, when, when you're in practice the next two days, I mean, uh, is that something that's easily cleaned up, or, or is that, you know, because, again, that didn't happen. Right, yeah, no, and, and, you know, usually if a guy fall starts or something, we'll have him do a lap, and we're all over that, and we haven't uh, we haven't had that many of uh, those issues, but... Um, we'll be all over it this week to try to get it addressed. Yeah. Go to the far right, Adam King, WBNS. Uh, you guys had another defensive score this week. I think Ron Cage is probably still out there running and trying to recover. But what? Uh, how does that help you guys offensively with a young quarterback build his confidence up, not knowing that your defense is putting up? Yeah, I mean, well, when you get something like that happen, it's, it, it flips the game, and that's I think it's the sixth time this year, which is unbelievable. So. Um, it's a huge, huge lift for the offense, um, and you know, I, I think that when you look at Jaron's uh, career here, it's it's a tribute to him and his hard work. Um, you know, it hasn't always gone exactly the way that he's wanted, and uh, he went through kind of a tough uh, September and August there, and to see him do that and have that opportunity in that game, I mean, that's 
that's something I'll definitely remember from this year, you know, is that the fact that he came up in that big spot and made that play. Um, so it was exciting for everybody to see that. Fourth row right, Zach Carpenter, Letterman Brown. Hey, Ryan, uh, you had a couple in-state offers go out Saturday night. Just wondering if the recruiting philosophy of recruiting in-state guys is changing at all moving forward, maybe offering guys a little sooner than uh, you might have in the past. Well, uh, we've been able to actually see guys play, which has been great. You know, we, we actually um, have been able to get back on the road for the first time in a couple of years, and, and that's really helped. And then, you know, we now have uh, a lot more video to go off of, which and we're, we're seeing guys in person. Um, I mean, we almost went a year and a half without being able to look somebody in the eye. And, and now when they're on campus, we can do that. We can watch the film. We can actually go watch them play in a game, and then they come over, and we get to see them in person and shake their hand and see what they look like physically and project you know, how they can physically mature. And that really allows us the opportunity to get ahead of this stuff. Yeah, and then uh, asked you last week about the, the big uh, official visits weekend, first week of June. Had a lot of those same guys in that week on campus again this weekend. Yeah. Did you feel like it was a bookend to that, that weekend in June? And was that sort of the hope of the plan when you guys did that originally in June? Uh, no, but, but I think that those first couple weekends in June were an opportunity for us to do what I just said, see people in person, look them in the eye, shake their hand, get to know what they're like. We, we didn't know what these guys were like. I mean, you can go on Zoom and you can make phone calls, but um, that's very different. And that's a huge part of recruiting, uh, especially for me as the head coach. Because, you know, the talent is the talent. We're looking for the right fit. Guys who want to be Buckeyes, who love Ohio State. When adversity hits, they're going to work through tough times and not just get into the transfer portal. And so a uh, big part of recruiting is, is looking somebody in the eye and saying this is the right place for me. And we also feel the same way. And that's why we had so many guys here in June, because we need to look guys in the eye to find out if they're the right fit for us, not just athletically. There's a lot of guys out there that can probably play football here. And, and now to see those guys come back, those relationships have continued to build. Now we're in a, a really good place with a lot of these guys. And final uh, couple questions, uh, questioners rather, uh, Spencer Holtrope, Letterman Row. Ryan, back in September when you guys lost Oregon, Jackson still had a, just a breakout game and had his best career day. And then you guys struggle offensively, but the lone champion is Jackson. Is there something that he's doing that just makes him just consistently always there that some of the other guys can learn from on the offense? Um, I, I mean, I think he's certainly talented. I mean, he has um, a great skill set of uh, quickness inside. He can understand space. He knows how to set guys up. He's got strong hands. Uh, he's very competitive. He's tough. does a really good job blocking. Um, you know, I think those are all his strengths. Uh, he's got more than that, I guess. But um, and, and he's highly competitive. And I think those are the things that, you know, the rest of the guys in the offense see. What have you seen from him that, that has grown since, since earlier in the season when he's finally getting on the field and not just playing in like yeah. a truncated season? What have you seen from him that has Yeah, just maturity of his daily approach and his consistency. You know, you can flash when you're young, but you have to bring it every single day. you got to be able to take the meeting to the field. You know, the first time a play is installed, you know, does it take two and three times before he gets it right or – can you visualize that and work out all the kinks in the first couple times he runs it so that when you get to Saturday, you only have so many reps on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to get a single play right. And the maturity of a, a veteran player is that he doesn't need a whole bunch of reps to get that right with the quarterback. And I think I've noticed that in the last couple of weeks. And we'll finish up with the fourth or middle. Uh, Pat Murphy, 24-7 sports. Brian, um, back to the red zone stuff. Obviously, you guys have had success in that area this year. So when you have a game like this where it's a struggle, 
how do you balance not overdoing it in practice when you know that there's been success and, and film to watch, and, and then saying, hey, maybe this is an issue as we play better teams? How, how does that balance work? Yeah, I mean, I, we're not going to change how we allocate our time. It's just we've got to do a better job of executing and, uh, you know, finding the right things to put our guys in the right positions to be successful. That's it. And it's a little bit of both in there, and, um, and we'll continue to work on it. And, you know, you start to overdo it in one area, it'll show up in another area. So um, and we've got our hands full on first, second down, and on third down as well. Great. Coach, thank you very much. Right, thanks, thanks. 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 Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.